to the Domination Sports Nation podcast. I'm Dominic. And I'm Chris. And we're back with another episode. Great to be back, Dom. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we had uh, one of the best weeks in pro football this past weekend. The divisional round, four games, two Saturday, two Sunday. A couple predictable outcomes and a couple surprises and a near surprise. What did you think, Dom? Oh, it was crazy, and Chad Henney, Dad, I almost had a heart attack. You and Tony Romo, apparently. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, went out with a concussion not to return. In comes Chad Henney, 13-year NFL veteran. Uh, Chiefs holding a slim lead against the Browns, and Dom, describe what happened on third and long. So it's third and 14. He just took a big sack, and... He goes out. He's got no one to throw to. He runs, and he almost gets the first down. I thought he had it, but the replay showed he had his elbow down. So Andy Reid, of course, gutsy, goes for it on fourth down. You thought that they would just call a timeout because the play clock was running down. And nope, he throws it to Tyree Kill for the first down, and the Chiefs are moving on. Yeah, and Tony Romo, the whole while the great predictor of plays on CBS with Jim Nance, insisted they were going to – just try and get the Browns to jump off sides and then call a timeout and punt. And as soon sure as anything, five seconds left on the play clock, they snapped the ball. And uh, I don't know if Romo was more taken aback by that or the fact that they completed it to win the game, but uh, he was excited to say the least. Yeah. I mean, he's just screaming and Jim Nance couldn't even say anything. And Nance was laughing at one point, but that get goes to kind of the sidetrack here a little bit. Uh, Tony Romo, right place, right time. People raved about him his first two years. His contract was up. ESPN was coming after him to do Monday Night Football, and he gets a $17 million a year from deal from CBS. And uh, I don't begrudge people for making the most money they possibly can. Uh, he definitely had great timing. But, uh, look, I grew up with John Madden. I really don't think Tony Romo's that spectacular. How about you? I don't think he's that good compared to – the other guys, I mean, he's better than Troy Aikman, I'll say that. Yeah, at least he's got some life. He's got some, uh, I mean, I know he yells a lot, but at least he's animated. I, I will give him that. He's passionate about the game. He he does his homework. Uh, he doesn't have to work with Joe Buck, and he's not as babbling as Chris Collinsworth. But still, uh, he, he leaves a lot to be desired, I think. I know people like him because he's different, but um, I don't know. To me, he's kind of like, the Joe Tessator of color commentators yelling all the time. Yeah, at least he isn't Booger McFarlane, though, right? Nothing's that bad, Dom. But anyway, uh, that was a very exciting game. Sets up an excellent AFC championship game this coming Sunday against the upstart Buffalo Bills, who basically put the Baltimore Ravens down with a lot of ease Saturday night. Yeah, they did, and Lamar Jackson, you know, the Ravens, when you think about it, they put up some good drives, but Justin Tucker missing two field goals killed them, and of course the 101-yard pick six that Lamar Jackson threw basically put the game to bed. Yeah, and I know everyone thought Lamar was coming back to the form of his 2019 excellent season, but not to be. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, his passing leaves a lot to be desired, and if you can contain him in the pocket and prevent him from scrambling and force him to throw the ball, and that's your best chance to win. And the Bills did that. 
Yeah, they did. They just played it by the book, and, you know, it was kind of an ugly game, but they pulled it off. They sure did, and then uh, the first game of the weekend, the the Rams put up a fight for a little while, but they weren't enough for the Packers. I mean, Jared Goff roughed it out with his broken thumb. They missed Cooper Cup. Aaron Donald was cruelly banged up because he was a, a non-factor in the game, so uh, not a huge surprise there. Yeah, how about the defense was a non-factor? Aaron Rodgers just threw the ball everywhere. And Jalen Ramsey, though he played, he didn't play on Devontae Adams the whole game. They gave up a, a touchdown, and it was just a game that the defense didn't perform. And I have to give credit where credit's due. Jared Goff did play well. He did, although you could tell he couldn't throw downfield like he usually did, and missing Cup in his arsenal didn't help. Uh, I think at the end of the day, the Rams couldn't get a pass rush, and you're not going to beat Aaron Rodgers with that. I don't care how great Jalen Ramsey is. If you have time to throw, you can forget about it. Yeah, and that's why the Buccaneers just blitzed him every play. They're knocking him down. It's almost like what the Giants did to Tom Brady. Absolutely, and you bring up the Bucks. the one definitive upset of the week. They went into New Orleans. In the final game this past Sunday, uh, came back from a 20-13 to 13 deficit to uh, what we think may very well be knock Drew Brees into retirement from the Saints. And, uh, you know, it was kind of an ugly game, both these quarterbacks, Brady and Brees, but the Bucks pulled it out, and uh, they clocked the Packers their first meeting this year, so it could be interesting this coming Sunday. Yeah, it could, and... You know, the Bucks might be favored if this game was in Tampa, but it's up there in the frozen tundra, so it's going to be a tough game, especially with a warm-weather team. You see, like, the Packers, they're a cold-weather team. They went to Tampa, and they got their butt kicked. So it's going to be reversed this time, and I'm excited to see what the Buccaneers do. Yeah, and I think the one thing the Bucks do have going for them is Tom Brady's not only one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, one of the greatest cold weather quarterbacks. So remains to be seen how his receivers handle, although we know Gronk will come prepared. I'm sure. Yeah, he does well. I mean, he's had a great season and you know, you have OJ Howard who's injured and Cameron Wright's been good, but I think he's had a, he's had a decent season. What do you think of that? I do. Um, wasn't great at the beginning, but I feel like once he kind of got back into game shape, I mean, let's face it, he was out of football last year being a wrestler and a pseudo-TV commentator for Fox. So uh, he's not the Gronk of old, but you know, he still shows some flashes. Yeah, and I was scrolling through YouTube, and I saw a video where Gronk had said that the Patriots said that they were going to trade him to the Lions, and he said, no, I'm I'm retired, and they said, okay, and he said, the next day, the trade was waived, so he clearly did not want to go to the Lions. Can you blame him? I think most people would rather retire than go to the Lions, and I know a lot of Lion fans uh, that will agree with me on that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was a bit random. That was a good one, but yeah, I think uh, ultimately we know the Bucks exposed the Packers' defense earlier this season, but the game will be won to see how defensive coordinator Todd Bowles schemes against Rodgers. He was successful the first time around, but we all know uh, second time around, Rodgers tends to figure out defenses. Yeah, he does, and they did shut down Devontae Adams too. He didn't have a big game, so they're going to try to keep that same game plan that they had. I'm just worried about the cold weather for the Bucks. I agree. I haven't looked at the weather forecast, but uh, go out on a limb and say it will be cold. Yeah, it will, and it's a night game too, so. Yeah, so uh, Dom, any 
predictions you'd like to venture for the championship games? Well, here's the thing. We don't know Mahomes' status. He's still in concussion protocol. If Mahomes does play, the Chiefs will be playing the Packers in the Super Bowl. That's my prediction. I think I said that all along, and I think those are the two best teams in the NFL right now. Agreed. Uh, Normally I would think that, but even if Mahomes plays and he's cleared, who knows if he'll be the same. I mean, even before the concussion against the Browns, um, he he did look well on certain drives, and I know Butker missed a number of field goals, but he he looked uncomfortable at times. I thought maybe he had injured his toe, so we'll see what happens. I'm going to go out on a limb, really taking a risk here and agree with you on that, but I would say if there is an upset, I, I think the Bills would be the team to do it. Yeah, I can see that. Josh Allen's been playing great, and Stephon Diggs is, I think he's been underrated this season. People really haven't talked about him that much. They haven't. He put up phenomenal numbers after wanting out of Minnesota, and uh, how about Cole Beasley quietly having an excellent season, too, opposite him? Uh, Bottom line is they're both the beneficiaries of Josh Allen, who's uh, turning into a top NFL quarterback. Yeah, he is, and he's underrated, and his size, he's 6'5", 230. He's basically a linebacker, and he's great at running, too. Not only does he have his gun of an arm, he he's actually kind of fast, too, and he's great in goal line situations. He is definitely dangerous there, so I think the Chiefs will, will have to watch out for that. So uh, there's our kind of prognostication for this coming Sunday. On to another big story that happened in the past week, Dom. The NBA, uh, James Harden, got his way, traded out of Houston to the Brooklyn Nets and what I guess will now be the latest in a long line of super teams that are assembled in the association. Yeah, it's just berserk at this point. I I thought KD and Kyrie was a super team already. I guess they need Harden now. I don't get it. I, I knew Harden was going to get traded. I just didn't know where he was going to go. And soon enough, you come downstairs and tell me that it finally happened. But the Nets, they, they got rid of two young pieces that I think they could have benefited from. Jared Allen, a young center. He's really good at blocking shots, and he's great in the paint. And now they're going to have to rely on DeAndre Jordan and Jeff Green as their centers. And Karis LeVert, too, put up 40 points without KD and Kyrie playing. He's a great young player, and he's about to enter his prime, too. So I think those are two guys that they're going to miss. They are. The Nets basically have little or no bench. I, you, know, you could say, well, you've got three of the best players in the league starting, but these guys need rest, especially in the playoffs. They need to be spelled at times, and I think it's a risky move for the Nets, not only as you know, I theorized we previewed the NBA a few episodes ago. Uh, you got a bunch of guys on that team that want to shoot, and it's only going to get even worse with Harden. And then on top of that, they've really only got Harden locked up for this year and next year. After that, he's got a player option. He could opt out if he's unhappy, and we've seen him uh, you know, go from happy to unhappy fairly quickly in Houston. Who knows what happens down the road? Yeah, well, aren't we seeing a trend now in the NBA? If you saw the Clippers last year when they got um... – Kawhi and Paul George where they're they just want to win now they want to get a ring now and especially KD with tearing his Achilles not being able to get that third ring I mean they all want rings Kyrie KD and Harden that they do and I think 
Look, I, I didn't like it the first time around with LeBron assembling the Heat super team and then KD going to the Warriors. Uh, I don't find it to be all that fun, and it never really seems to end well. It gets broken up at some point, even if you are successful. So we'll see what happens with the Nets. But like, like you said, when DeAndre Jordan's your center, uh, you've got some issues. Yeah, and clearly it's working out so far, but the problem is we haven't seen Kyrie in the equation yet. We're just seeing KD and Harden doing well. So I don't know. I have to agree with you. I don't. I think this is a big risk. Agreed. Although uh, Monday night in the NBA, uh, two marquee matchups and and two upsets. Uh, the aforementioned Brooklyn Nets went into Milwaukee and eked out a win against the Bucks. And then your Golden State Warriors uh, looks like Steph Curry still got some gas in the tank. They had a nice comeback win in LA against the Lakers. Yeah, they came back down 19. I turned it off, and then I turned it on in the fourth quarter. They're winning by two. I mean, it's just crazy how you got all these young guys, and they're hungry. It's almost like the Giants, but the Giants don't have that one superstar. They have Steph. The Warriors have Steph Curry to mentor these guys, and Draymond as well. I mean, look at the player that Andrew Wiggins has become, and he was just an overrated player with the Timberwolves. Then he got traded, and... Now he's relevant again, and Kelly Oubre finally found his shooting stroke last night, and James Wiseman's been having a Rookie of the Year campaign so far. Yeah, I think it's a good story. I mean, uh, the Warriors will likely be a playoff team. They're not a, I don't think, a championship-caliber team, but Steph is really kind of taking the team on his back, and it's it's got a, like this new formation, like you said. I, I think it's an interesting story, and this will probably be the year we'll see Steve Kerr have to do one of his best coaching jobs. Yeah, I think he's going to have to, and I think the bench is going to have to play well in these tough situations, and they did last night. They sure did, and uh, I, I know it's early in the season, but uh, definitely interesting to watch. Always like to see a good comeback. Anything else stand out in the NBA to you, Dom? Well, just the fact that the Nets assembled a super team in a matter of a year. They were a rebuilding franchise, and look at them now. They have three of the best players in the NBA right now. It's just crazy. I'm still shocked by it. I agree, but um, I'll stick with my guns. I'll say watch out for Philadelphia and Boston once they can get past uh, some of these COVID issues they've been having, particularly with Jason Tatum. So anything can happen come the playoffs. Yeah, it can. And a lot of these higher seeds are really challenging these uh, number one teams, these number two teams. It's going to be fun. Definitely. And uh, Dom, you know, the calendar's turned and we're reaching the end of the NFL season. And I thought, why not talk a little baseball? We've started to see the hot stove pick up. Uh, Francisco Lindor traded to the Mets. The Yankees, after much talk, ended up keeping DJ LeMahieu at a uh, manageable $15 million a year, although it was over six years. And then uh, just now, the latest domino to fall, the Toronto Blue Jays coming out of nowhere signing now former Astros outfielder George Springer to a six-year, $150 million deal. What do you think? Wow, I, I, I didn't see that. I saw they hired the – I mean, they signed the Padres' former closing pitcher. I, I, that's crazy. I didn't know George Springer really did want out of Houston, but I think Houston's going to be a rebuilding team just like the Texans and the I I guess it's good for him to get out of there. The Blue Jays, they're a – rising team and they got a lot of young stars on that team 
Yeah, including the son of uh, Vladimir Guerrero, uh, the junior. Um, I'm surprised. You know, there was a lot of buzz that the Mets were going to make a run at Springer, even though they're going to have to fork out money for Lindor. But uh, yeah, I guess the the JC, you know, um, Tampa will always be in it, even with their young team. But they dealt Blake Snell. We know the Yankees will be good, but there's always that wild card spot. And with the Red Sox rebuilding and the Orioles just a hot mess. Maybe they think this is their chance. You know, they they played well last year in the shortened season. They're they're looking to go all in on this rebuild. Yeah, I think that was a good move for them, especially that Springer was hitting bombs with the Astros. But I don't know if it, that was because of the trash can banging. Good question. So uh, we'll see. And and who knows if the start of the season the Blue Jays will even be playing in Canada. So a lot of questions. We could talk about this down the road. But uh, Dom, with spring fast approaching, baseball's on the horizon, clearly. Yeah, it is. I'm just hoping the Yankees can just get to a World Series. I mean, it was frustrating last year how they lost to Tampa. Definitely was, and I feel like their window of opportunity is only so big. Um, sign Corey Kluber as a, a pitcher, as a free agent for one year, try and get a veteran arm in there. Shall see what happens, but uh, you know, it's getting to be now or never for the Yankees. Yeah, it is. And, Dad, moving back to the NFL, there's another player that really wants out of Houston as well, and his name is not James Harden. It's Deshaun Watson, and there's been a ton of rumors him going to the Dolphins, the Panthers, the 49ers now. What are your thoughts on Watson wanting out of Houston? I don't blame him one bit. That's a organ an organization that has just been gutted and ruined by Bill O'Brien and as I've been saying for years, especially on the other show we do, the Inside Sports Fantasy Football Podcast, you cannot have a coach be the GM. I fault Texans ownership for that. Bill O'Brien not only wasn't a good coach, he was an even worse general manager trading DeAndre Hopkins trading picks for Laramie Tunsil and now you've got the Dolphins sitting there with the Texans pick at number four overall so that's why a lot of people think the Texans want that pick back new GM Nick Cesario but um, what do you do you gave Watson all this money and he wants out Uh, it's almost like it's a rare case where the quarterback has the leverage and he he may get his wish yeah now they're saying that upper management is trying to find a deal and they really think that he's going to get traded sometime we just don't know when yeah and it's a it's a tough situation because the new gm inherited this mess but you know, when you trade superstars you very rarely get that value in return especially in the nfl given the salary cap considerations but uh i all i ask is he didn't go to the jets because that'll that'll be a steal for them a team that currently has sam darnold i'd go out on a limb and say watson's a big improvement wouldn't you yeah, definitely. And I think he's going to the Dolphins or the 49ers. You know, he's been flirting with the 49ers wearing a red t-shirt. I mean, they're clearly going to get rid of Garoppolo. And the other rumors that the Dolphins are looking to trade to us. So, hey, I mean, you get a young quarterback for Watson. So you basically are getting another franchise quarterback. Yeah, if he does pan out, it'd be great. And if he doesn't, you've got him a few more years on his rookie deal, much more favorable salary cap-wise, and you get the number four overall pick. Who knows, maybe there's a quarterback there they want or you know, start to rebuild their offensive line. We'll see, but it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Yeah, it really will be. And then uh, another football news, locally here uh, in windy Southern California this evening, 
uh, after the loss to the Packers, I, I know reporters asked Sean McVay about Jared Goff and kind of gave this cryptic quote where he's basically indicating that Goff is their quarterback for now. He really didn't give him a resounding vote of confidence. Uh, that is another massive contract. At the time, I thought they were crazy to give him that kind of money, but the Eagles did the same thing with Carson Wentz, and they're in a mess. So do you think the he's trying to motivate Goff, or are they really looking to move on from, from Goff at some point and maybe install John Wolford as the QB? I don't know about John Wolford, but I think they're clearly after a year or two of having him as a starting quarterback. I, I would say in a couple of years, they're going to be looking around, and I think they're going to start looking right now. But he he cost them some games this season, the Jets, the Dolphins, the 49ers twice, and the problem was his turnovers. And I think if he can't control that, then how are the Rams going to be a successful team? The defense clearly played well all season. They didn't show up against the Packers. But if you're going to have a great defense, you need a great offense to back that up. Indeed, and uh, I look, I think Goff's got to, even if he is back next year and he is a starter, it's going to be a make-or-break year for him. He's been in the same offense with McVay for a while now. It's not like he's got time to adjust. Frankly, he's just regressing. Yeah, I think he is, and he's young too. People say, people really don't know how young he is, and he needs to start playing well because... The Rams, they really do need a good quarterback if he's he's not going to come along. Absolutely. And, and one final NFL topic, Dom. I know we've been discussing this in our house lately. NFL pregame shows. Uh, you and I are of the opinion that they're a complete waste of time. I mean, I go back to the days. Look, I'm old. I admit it. But the greatest pregame show in history, maybe one of the greatest in sports, was the NFL Today with hosted by Brent Musburger. Loved that show as a kid, watched it all the time. And then as I got older, I really enjoyed the ESPN crew, including uh, Sunday Countdown with Chris Berman and Tom Jackson after the games. That was a must-watch. But of all the networks, Dom, you're, you're hard-pressed to find any of these shows that are interesting. It's just a bunch of, like, forced banter, bad stand-up comedy gimmicks, uh, interviews with music and highlights uh, spliced in, just not anything good, Dom. I know you're a lot younger than me. What do you think? Well, clearly Fox and ESPN, they're just awful, and they just don't have the right people doing the job. And Michael Irvin, Howie Long, Jimmy Johnson, Terry Bradshaw, they're just, they're just not the right crew. I just think that, the NFL Network one is a little underrated with Rich Eisen, and I think that one's my favorite so far right now. I think the rest of them are just awful. Yeah, they are, and um, CBS isn't much better. I, you know, I look at what they did with some of the wild card games and having it on alternate channels, whether it be Amazon Prime streaming or the uh, much talked about. Nickelodeon game with the slime or even how ESPN like they do with college football they may show you different camera angles or have scouts talking about the game I think that's the wave of the future and I I kind of hope that'll happen with the pregame shows too in the future yeah I think so too I, that's that's a great point you bring up actually because ESPN do you really want Booger McFarlane as your pregame guy or Rex Ryan I mean no one knows. All of these guys. Yeah, they're, they're just not good. 
they're not and um you know i almost feel like we're avid football fans okay you understand a little more of the technicalities of the game and cover two and things like that because you play flag and you play madden but someone like me who's been watching football for years i understand it but i don't need it to be too technical and i don't need it to be so just dumbed down where it's more entertainment than it is giving me any sort of information. So um, even the, even the football night in America crew leading up to the Sunday night game, that's gone down the tubes. I miss Dan Patrick, Peter King. I feel like Mike Florio had more of a role there. I like that sort of thing, whether you're giving me updates on guys that are hurt or breaking news or other things, or even entertaining highlights. Uh, I, I do miss the Dan Patrick's and Chris Berman's of the world. I do too. And, Mike Florio doesn't get the credit he deserves, and Chris Sims is just awful, and Rodney Harrison with his weapons, too, and Tony Junji's just lost it. Yeah, it's just a lot of babbling. The, the three of them together are a perfect mix of everything what's wrong in pregame shows, so uh, thank you for the opportunity to vent, Dom. <laughs> yeah, thank you, too, and I'm, now I'm going to ask you something, Dad, about Colin Cowherd. We We just talked about him last week, about how He's just berserks now and about all his fake debate and stuff. And I mean, it's just gone overboard now where he was talking today about the NFL should postpone the Chiefs Bills game and they should wait for Patrick Mahomes to be healthy. Yeah, it's getting really bad. The the shock value, the verbal clickbait. Um I'm not sure if his listeners are down or what, or if he thinks kind of putting this thing out there and then popping in on Instagram like where you saw it will get more eyeballs on it and more downloads of his show if you missed it live. Um, it's just crap, to be frank with you. Um, like we said last week, I like a guy who takes phone calls, knows his stuff, knows his sports history, has guests on, can banter with callers, and uh, he can do none of that. And uh, it's I think people are starting to see through it. Look, I was talking with my boss at work about this and he agrees with us. He's a diehard Packers fan. It doesn't matter where you live or what team you root for. Um, between that and, and what's the deal? We were talking about this. My, my boss and I, the caked on makeup too, like en- enough already. All right. Like I'm a, I'm a middle-aged guy. I get it. My hair is starting to turn gray. I don't have the same skin I did when I was 21 years old, but boy, he's starting to look like a cartoon character. Yeah, I've noticed it too. Is he look? He just seems like he's in a midlife crisis right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's bizarre. But yeah, I tell you what, when we're in a, a car that doesn't have satellite radio, it's easy to skip over him. Um, it's just too much of the Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith model. And whether you like those guys or not, they were the first to do it. They cornered the market on it. Everyone else is just imitating. It's getting to the point where it's like wrestling. Oh, yeah, you're completely right about that. So that's uh, that's all my rants for one week, Dom. Anything else you'd like to discuss or add? I know you've been playing Xbox now that fantasy football's over. Um, kind of uh, listening to Pat McAfee. He's become your new favorite on Sirius XM and his weekly interviews with Aaron Rodgers. What, what's going on in your world that you'd like to talk about? Well, I... Just listen to Pat McAfee interview with Buddha Baker, the infamous uh, safety that got chased down by DK Metcalf. And it was an interesting interview and it was hilarious because Buddha Baker said that he's never been tackled by like chased down. And it was 
crazy because he looked up at the Megatron and he saw DK Metcalf right behind him and he said he was going to try to stiff arm him, but it was just an awkward angle and he didn't want to break his sh- his arm. So he just he got tackled and it was crazy. Yeah, I think that's really cool that a guy in an NFL game is looking up at the huge TV screen to see if he's being chased down. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, he's just saying how it's hard to adjust to different defensive coordinators because he's had three different defensive schemes in Arizona. It's crazy. He had, I forgot what his name is, but I just know Cliff Kingsbury came in. I don't know who the two other awful coaches were for the Cardinals. Yeah, it's an interesting point. There's a lot of revolving doors with coordinators. You see guys that were head coaches like Dan Quinn, now the defensive coordinator in Dallas. Uh, Gus Bradley left the Chargers. Where'd he end up? Was it Denver or the Raiders? Yes. Denver. So yeah, it's uh, that's the thing. There's not a lot of continuity, and I know Giants are, are thankful uh, their D coordinators back for next year because he had gotten some looks as a head coach. Yeah, and I think the I'm just happy that the Giants didn't lose their defensive coordinator, Jason Garrett, because they get more talent on their team, and they're going to be good. Indeed, although that's all relative with Dave Gettleman drafting the players. Uh, he he just needs to go, and I don't know why they didn't fire him. Ask the owners, Dom. Aaron Tish are enamored with him, and I don't know why, and frankly, I'm getting tired of talking about it. Yeah, and it's crazy to think, Dad, that we're still in coronavirus right now. I mean, we're technically not in a shutdown, but it feels like we are, and I don't know how we we didn't last without sports for all of those months. And it's crazy how we still have them. And I'm just thankful that sports is continuing to go on. I agree. And I know the the NBA's had some hiccups with COVID and uh, NFL too. But it's pretty amazing we haven't had widespread outbreaks. But yeah, I mean, once we got to the point where the last dance was over on ESPN in May, there was just kind of this odd feeling of we have nothing what are we going to watch and then thankfully baseball finally came back around basketball resumed and we've had a never-ending stream of professional and college sports ever since yeah i think the best day was when adam silver said we are going to go to disney world and he finally announced that the season was starting i was just i was so happy me too and you know hand in hand with that dom speaking of uh basketball i'm hearing more and more about the ncaa tournament located in kind of a pseudo bubble around indianapolis they're saying today their goal is to start the tournament a little later on march 18th this year Uh, i hope it gets pulled off that's one of my favorite sporting events of the entire year now if my rutgers scarlet knights can get their act together uh, maybe they'll actually make the tournament like they should have last year yeah and they pushed it back two days for the first four the teams that are trying to make it into the tournament itself they play a game before they can try to get in and doesn't matter because they usually lose but it's fun to watch those teams compete and like you said I, I love March Madness I uh, like to get some pizza or some wings just sit down and watch games I mean there's just games left and right it's just good putting on a game and flipping back and forth yeah and out here on the west coast that's like a uh, 9 a.m. to oh to depending on what you're looking at, could even go to 8, 9 p.m. So it's nonstop basketball. Maybe uh, maybe when things return to a new normal, we should head to Vegas and watch the tournament one year. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. And 
hopefully we could go to Legion Stadium and SoFi. Definitely. Our, our Giants are playing the Chargers at SoFi this year, so uh, fingers crossed that we, we get to get in like some of those, what, 6,000 lucky fans in Buffalo? Oh, yeah. How about the 16,000 in Kansas City? Yeah, they, they had a little more there, and I know Lambeau had some braving the cold, so good for them if they can do it properly and distanced. Uh, I'm happy for them. A lot of uh, A lot of fans have been wanting to see football in person. Yeah, especially through these tough times. Well, Dom, again, uh, another great episode. We want to thank everyone for listening. Please subscribe, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, uh, our YouTube channel, Dom-Nation-Sports-Nation, or Instagram, at Domination-Sports-Nation, which is all one word. Any final thoughts, Dom? I got nothing. I think we completely covered everything. Indeed. And again, thanks everyone. Stay safe and we look forward to catching up with you next week on the Domination Sports Nation podcast. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Domination Sports Nation podcast.